Welcome to the Shorthand States here on the Guernsey Press Politics Podcast and this our review of the third and final day of the June States meeting with me, Simon Delarue. And it was a rather curious uh, day at the States today and it's probably fair to say quite a bruising one for members of education, sport and culture. It's been quite a bruising meeting for them really. In fact, they turned up this morning at 9.30 and the first thing they did was to ask if there could be a recess of an hour so that the committee could meet and uh, discuss the possibility of withdrawing uh, their policy letter, this major overhaul of education law, which currently dates back to 1970 and which it's been uh, widely accepted is very much in need of updating. Uh, This was granted uh, by members and so the uh, committee went away uh, for this hour-long meeting in order to discuss what they were going to do and uh, they came back and said, yes, indeed, we would like to withdraw our policy letter, uh, which had been um, changed beyond recognition, really, by various amendments, all of which have won during the course of this uh, state's meeting, mean that it, meaning that many of the significant measures education were hoping to put through uh, were no longer going to be permitted by members. So um, perhaps partly because they all arrived a little bit late, uh, the bailiff went ahead and still allowed debate on some of the amendments that had been placed. So we were in the curious position of hearing a debate on amendments uh, to a policy letter which was about to be withdrawn from service, as it were. Uh, the, the longest of those, the most significant of those, was actually a debate on Deputy Aidan Matthews' um, proposal to just get rid of the suggestion that there should be fixed penalty fines for parents who take their kids out of school during term time for reasons other than illness. In other words, for taking them away on a holiday, for example. He described this as draconian. Uh, The President of Education, Deputy Andrea Dudley-Owen, backed by Deputy Sue Aldwell, another committee member, they both said, uh, no, 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 this is just a tool to have in the box for a a future committee to be able to uh, have this um, uh, as a way of managing things. Um, But um, that argument didn't gain traction. A majority supported Deputy Matthews. And so yet again, another uh, significant part of the uh, proposed legislation was taken out. Then finally, we got to this uh, debate about the motion to withdraw. And uh, the argument really was, well, we, we've got to take it, this away and um, hammer it out properly with uh, firm proposals based on what's been discussed and decided by deputies. But it needs to be done with further consultation with all relevant stakeholders, because there are cost implications of some of the decisions we've made in the last couple of days, uh, which need to be more fully explored. I think uh, one or two deputies may have been slightly concerned about um, talk from Deputy uh, Dudley Owen that uh, they were going to have to sort of come back with um, more explanation of uh, the implications. Um, some were concerned that it might not happen in time. Others were concerned that uh, some of the decisions may not be taken into account properly. Uh, Deputy Trot, for example, uh, said that, well, if it doesn't come back in the way that we want it, we might have to uh, think about a motion of no confidence. Uh, such was his um, concern about it. And um, a firm promise was made by Deputy Dudley Owen that it will come back in this state's term, of course, that, in other words, meaning before the next general election in 2025. And so that's where we left it. Um, the, the, the whole policy letter has been withdrawn. The uh, members, the officers and the members of committee at education are all going to have to sort of hammer out something that more resembles what deputies have now said that they want, and they'll come back for a further debate on it. I think it's fair to say that will still be a contentious debate. Not everything 
everything is going to go exactly uh, as they wish, we would imagine. Uh, but I, I was, of course, quite interested uh, to catch up with some of the main protagonists involved in this morning's proceedings. And uh, as it all finished by about one o'clock, I was, for a change, able to do just that. And uh, so, first of all, I spoke to uh, Deputy Andrea Dudley-Owen uh, about this. And uh, and I asked her whether she could give an assurance that this, what she had herself described as the central plank of um, the uh, policy letter, which was her step-by-step approach to uh, devolving governance of schools, uh, would indeed be replaced by what the state's members have said they want, which is a more significant step towards that and a more sudden and uh, more comprehensive um, uh, local management of schools uh, proceeding. And this is what she had to say. The will of the Assembly was to explore a greater level of devolved governance. And that is what we were going to, what we were doing anyway. That is our intention as the governing model is given birth to, so to speak, um, and that we have greater degree of independent governance over our school settings and college setting, that that would naturally start to work through as we explored how much devolution we can give to those settings and the greater budget that they need in order to deliver that devolved function. Because you, you stated your case for that step-by-step -step approach. Yeah. It was rejected. So are you going to take on board that rejection? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, oh, God, absolutely. We, we have to, and we have to let people know how much that work is going to cost. Um, and I think that that was spoken to within the, the motion to withdraw. Every single um, piece of the debate will be taken back now and looked over in quite some detail and sharp focus. We need to start consulting with members and we need to do that process quite quickly. Um, we need to ensure that they're carried along on this process uh, along with other key stakeholders such as the diocese and such as um, the independent schools um, and, and, it's, and school committees. And it's really important that members key stakeholders at home education and um, group they consult back with us as well because it can't be a one-way conversation and we've made strenuous efforts to reach out to talk um, and to get views and you know certainly from states members they're a key stakeholder in this group and we've got a real reluctance from at least 50 percent to engage so you prof you've professed yourself happy with your own efforts to engage and consult. What's going to be different this time round? And now that you're saying that you're going to do more of that before the next policy letter yeah, comes Well, we, we have to be creative and we have to formulate different ways of consulting with individual members. And if that takes me having to sit with them or to, to work up uh, small engagement and workshop groups, um, then that's what we need to do. Um, finally, um, emotional no confidence was mentioned, clearly not brought, and nobody's suggesting it's uh, imminent. Um, but nevertheless, uh, if you find, for whatever reason, that you're having to come back to this assembly and say, it's not doable, we can't get the policy letter back to you, is that the point at which you uh, consider your position? I think that if, if you've pledged to do something and you're not capable of delivering, you have to explain why you're not capable of delivering. And if that's a matter of competence, that is... Um, uh, an issue that has to be uh, explored. If it's an issue outside of your control, that also has to be recognised. So um, any, um, any matters arising that would 
prevent me or be, be a barrier to me bringing that policy letter back within this term, I would have to be um, uh, very uh, you know, quick in coming back to the Assembly and, and letting them know what the issues were and how they could assist me and support me um, around those issues or not if they are outside of my control or outside the control of this Assembly. Um, I think we've just got to be uh, open and professional with each other and, and adult and have adult conversations, don't we? Deputy Andrea Dudley-Owen there. Now, um, as we discussed there, the uh, the main um, part of this policy letter had been the uh, devolution of powers, of governance of schools, um, and the, the man who had led the uh, argument that it should be more comprehensive and not just sort of step-by-step, step, a, bit of, a bit at a time, uh, more along the lines of what Dennis Mulkerin wanted all those years ago with his review, uh, was Deputy Peter Roffey. Um, now, he did actually support the motion to withdraw. Uh, and so I asked him why he did that. Yes, I, I did support the motion to withdraw. I, I think we got to a stage where a major policy letter had suffered so many multiple amendments that totally changed its direction that we had to give the committee concerned the chance to take it away, to reset, to rethink and come back with something that reflected the, uh, the steer they'd be given by the state. So I think we were uh, really in risk of uh, ending up with a complete horlicks if we didn't do that. Um, there was uh, a comment from the president that uh, one of the uh, things she's going to need to do is to come back and explain the feasibility of uh, some of these um, new proposals. Um, does that make you fear that perhaps there's a possibility they could come back and say, well, we've taken note of what you want, but we can't do it? Well, that has to be their right. But I think if they do that, they are playing with fire to a degree, because if the states overrule them again and, and reinforce what they want, uh, they're going to be in a difficult position. However, However, uh, I, I do accept that they do need to be able to take uh, put forward arguments. They, they obviously have insights that the rest of us don't have. So uh, I, I don't mind them doing that. But as long as they do it with the spirit of trying to implement what the states have decided, if they humanly can. And your overall view of the outcome that we've uh, had here today? Well, I, I've been passionate to see the, the old law replaced for many decades so I'm disappointed that there's been a hiatus and there's a delay but it is crucial that we get it right and in particular on this business of devolution to boards of governors unfortunately I don't think the policy letter made it clear at all what powers were going to be transferred to the governors and what powers were going to be retained by um, uh, um, education sport and culture so at the very least if we can get that bottomed out and I hope that they will be willing to let go not hold on to powers for the sake of it and transfer them but at the very least the states need to be able to endorse what what is there because how on earth can we ask the law officers and the legal draftsmen to drop legislation when we don't really know what was going to be transferred across Deputy Peter Roffey there. And uh, I also spoke to Deputy Lyndon Trott uh, about uh, the proceedings in the States today, not be not just because he was uh, quite strident in what he had to say this morning, uh, but also because he was one of the key protagonists, having uh, led the charge uh, in an attempt to make sure that uh, independent schools, the colleges, were exempted from a lot of the uh, proposals in the new uh, law. Uh, and I asked him what he had made of today's events. You know, I've been a member of the States for 23 years, and I've just spoken with, with Deputy Gollop, who has three years on me. And we have never known in that time a 
policy letter be so extensively and successfully amended to the extent that this one was. It is unprecedented. I mean, you'll often get a lot of amendments, and normally what will happen is, you know, the sponsoring committee will win some, lose some. But on this particular one, it was uh, one-way traffic almost from the word go. So it, it was the courteous thing to do, uh, to uh, withdraw. I uh, support the withdrawal, and I was happy to do so, but with certain caveats. I mean, I made the point early on that they must come back uh, to this assembly, and, and they've given an undertaking that they will. And I've said they must listen to the, uh, the, respect, of the respect of the House, listen to the wishes of the Assembly with regards to the amendments that were overwhelmingly supported and must be you know, encouraged into, into law, placed into law. If that doesn't happen, then I will not hesitate, along with colleagues, bring a motion of no confidence. Deputy Roffey, for instance, said at the end there that he gave them some leeway. I give them some leeway, of course I do, but I don't give them much leeway. Things such as the amendment on the private colleges was overwhelmingly supported. Strip out the members of education. Only four members of the Assembly supported education. You know, it is, it's, it's uh, a significant uh, uh, a set of uh, directions, as I have seen in my time in this Assembly. Deputy Lyndon Trott there. Uh, so, obviously, if you want to read much more about this, then uh, pick up a paper tomorrow. But that's it from us, from the Royal Court today and this uh, June States meeting. Not long to wait for the next States meeting, just a couple of weeks' time when we'll be back here at the Royal Court to do it all over again. So uh, do join us then. From me, Simon Delarue, good night. Good night.